Welcome to the Winning Edge Investments Podcast. Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports betting tips, ratings and education, enabling you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com to learn more about how you can start to supercharge your betting bank immediately. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments. Hello and welcome to you all. It's great to have you on board for another edition of the podcast. Today we're chatting with New South Wales bookmakers David Dwyer and Grant Lynch to chat about what's happening in the wagering industry. To existing customers, Dave Dwyer offers different specials each week, such as 110% markets and regularly bets best of the best prices, usually at all Saturday Metro meetings, plus all New South Wales Metro and Provincial races during the week. Dave allows punters to win between three dollars and $10,000 and doesn't bear members. Existing Dave Dwyer customers can contact Winning Edge Investments for a free trial to the Strikers service, currently operating with a 50% win strike rate. Existing customers only, excludes SA and WA, TNCs apply, gamble responsibly. Firstly, let's hear about your background and how you became bookmakers. Uh, we'll start with you, Dave. Uh, well, I started off as a uh, country horse bookmaker 20 years ago. I had an interest from the time I went to school. I had an uncle that was a country bookmaker but worked on interstate races and um I was a school teacher for 19 years and um, enjoyed that very much. And there was a part-time hobby bookie, bookie, clerk, bookies clerk. And about yeah, 20 years ago, I decided if I was, uh, my goal was to become a bookie and full-time. And if I didn't give it a go, I'd be too old. And as you know, when we get older, we get less, less, like to take less risks. So I decided to give it a crack. And I started out doing the country circuit and, a few, and Gosford Greyhounds for 20 years. And then just gradually moved from there to sort of being a professional full-time bookie now and um, enjoying every minute of it. What about yourself, Grant? Uh, yeah, funnily enough, um, 20 years also. I worked um, I worked for uh, Rails Booking in Sydney, uh, clerking, and uh, also at the Greyhounds Wentworth Park on a Saturday night after the races and also a Monday night. And um, he gave it away, and um, I was lucky enough uh, to one of the guys that worked for him talked me into uh, getting a license. Look, quite honestly, more as a um, just a hobby. Uh, Twenty years ago, I started at Kemble Grange, so I work at Kemble Grange in Newcastle every alternate Saturday, and um, really enjoyed it. And uh, started doing the country cups. I do all the major uh, country cups, and not some not so <laughs> some not so major. Like I like getting out to the bush. I like the, the country, and I like the people a whole lot. Um, then after 10 years, the business uh, grew and grew, and I I, um, I managed to um, qualify for the rails at Newcastle and, and Kembla. And um, after 10 years, I quit my full-time job. I was in, in a, a sales position um, most of my life and uh, become a full-time. Yes, I've been a full-time bookie uh, now for 10 years and have just taken today. Actually, we go live on um, the internet with my site, so it's been a it's been a uh, it's been exciting, and, and, and I'm with David. I just I thoroughly enjoy it and meet some great people on the track. Well, what's the journey been like for you to, to have that online service? Has it been a challenge or um, you know something you've, you've had to do to to become viable and survive? I think I think that the um, you know Grant and I both have a you know when we operate on track would have a reasonable size on track business. 
winter owners and punters who come to the track, which obviously midweeks are pretty sparse, but on our Saturday meetings are still reasonably reasonably good. And um, we'd really never had a need to chase the world. I mean, there'd always been a perception out there that if you were available to the world, that all you'd find would be the really, really smart punters and that you'd get killed by them. Um, so obviously the, the virus has changed that to a situation where now if you're not online, you can't operate. And uh, I sort of made a decision that, you know, three three months ago that to, to go the online route to try and put my customers who are used to doing telephone and everything else, well, my children tell me you don't do anything now unless you can do it on your phone. So ringing up's not allowed. And, um, and I think that's, uh, you know, the truth of the situation. If your customers can't bet via their phone, they won't bet with you. And uh, we just have to embrace that. It's different to what Grant and I would have grown up with and what we think, but unfortunately the demographic change means that if we're not online, we're dead. And I suppose that's the way I look at it. You know, pretty wise old saying, if you're, you know, if you're doing nothing, you're going backwards. And I think that's true of this situation. Yeah, I think that's very well said, David. I, I, I've maintained all my working career, even prior to bookmaking, it's, it's just a case of adapt to survive. And, you know, we've all, David's been through the same changes as me from, from the old twiddle boards to and 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 ledgers to you know the rudimentary uh, electronic boards and different systems and um, and we just continually progress to satisfy the marketplace and and the next step was the logical step was yeah to be on to be on to be online yeah and part of that is the New South Wales Bookmakers Cooperative uh, tell us a bit more about that well we're we're a group who basically every book in every bookmaker in New South Wales pays you know a fee to be a member and we provide the guarantee so that the punters you know if you have a bet with a bookmaker you're guaranteed that you're going to get paid um, and that's part of you know the what the co-op does so we take securities from people for the value of their guarantee and the guarantee is based on their turnover and it's there to protect the punter which is obviously the, you know the most important part of our industry is the punter as a vet he knows you'll get paid um, we're very heavily regulated. Um, we've, you know, stewards are, have our bets in real time. And I think that, you know, that, that's sort of what the bookies co-op done, has done. And we've co-op about five years ago worked out that the online was where we had to get to. And we, unfortunately, we were in a situation where our internet providers, you know, sorry, our on-track bookmaker system providers had a system that wasn't internet compatible and they had no interest in doing anything about it. So we, as a co-op had to build a whole new system from scratch that was based and was able to be internet compatible and uh, that allows five years on and you know we spent a lot of money on it and we had a lot of support from a group of bookies 10 bookies in the co-op who out of our 200 who said we see we have to do this to survive and you know we upset a lot of the incumbent providers but it was necessary for us to be in a situation now where grant online and uh you know and the world is his oyster really so essentially it's a, a group of bookmakers who are giving an alternative to the corporates Carl's role is to supervise the bookmakers and to make sure that you know that grant blinch when he takes a bet that if if grant was to disappear that you know the customers would still get paid because grant put up a security to to guarantee that his punters will get paid their bets um, you know, and that's, you know, I mean, we defaults don't happen very often, but that's the role of the co-op. And co-op's role also is to make sure that our bookmakers provide a great service to the punters out there. Yeah, I think I think what I'd like to say without sounding trite is it's, 
you know, David said before, we've, we've all got a lot of uh, regular customers and, you know, people that I, you know, I, I call friends now and have relationships with on a, on the track, particularly on a Saturday. Um, and it's really important and, uh, for me, and I know for David as well, uh, to try and transfer that personal service and that interaction um, to the online landscape in terms of, you know, someone asked me the other day, what's the difference between Lynchbed and any other corporate? Well, the answer to that is, number one, we're fully Australian-owned, and number two is you pick up the telephone, you know, if, you, if you're that way inclined, and you can talk to the decision-maker, you can talk to the guy that owns a business, you can negotiate a price if you're an owner, you can have a conversation where, you, you know, you, you're, not, you're not getting someone at a call centre. Yep. And obviously, um, better prices, fairer markets, a more personalised service. The, the, you know, I'd add the grant thing. I think the, the advantage of betting with a small operation, and, we're, and really, in reality, compared to the others out there, we're all boutique operations, is that, you know, I know Brad, Brad knows me, if there's an issue with a grant stated, you, you ring me or text me and say, Dave, um, my bet this didn't happen, or this grant says I'm an owner, my horse is in on uh, today, can you bet me this price? Uh, you know, we're always happy to negotiate. Um, whereas if you ring Tabcor or you're going to ring Sportsbet or you're going to ring Bet Easy, then good luck. You're number two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, and what do you lose? Do you lose twenty percent on turnover? No. Well, sorry, we can't help you. Um, you yeah. know, that's not. If I was in their position, maybe if you're a big business like that, you you have to do those things where you can't possibly look after every customer. And is there another few ideas which the co-op are looking at? I heard there was one about the government passing on the, the liquidity through to one site. Is that in the process? Well, we're looking, yeah, that was the big end goal and we're hopeful. The idea is simply being that, you know, we had bookmakers spread all around Australia who, all, who would all like to bet on horse racing, you know, whether it's their particular state or uh, other states and, and they all would like to be able to lay horses and put their price up and see if anyone wants to back it. And I suppose what we're trying to do is through a concept which lets you call it the portal would be that the bookmakers all put in all their liquidity. So if there's 25 bookmakers and they all want to bet to lose 2000, then their price all goes, all the price and the amount they want to lay it for all goes in and the punters can come and bet into that, that product. So if there's, let's take an example. If it was even money and there were, 25 bookmakers all wanted to lay it to lose 2,000 tomorrow in race one at Randwick. When that time comes around, then the punter can have 50,000 on it for $2. And it just gets automatically distributed to 50 lots of 2,000, 25 lots of 2,000 to those bookmakers. And we see that as a, you know, a means, you know, not for only for big punters. You don't have to have that bet. It could be a $5 bet or a $50 bet, but. It allows, you know, that liquidity to be pooled and we would say that, you know, that would be good for the industry. It allows the punters who are winning punters, whether you're a winning or losing punter, you can still get on through this system, um, you know, and and we see that would take money back from the overseas exchanges, which seem to be popular for big punters because they can get on and the other thing would be it take, probably takes a bit of the SP business back. So it's quite, a, quite similar to um, the Betfair type setup, I guess. Well, I guess it is, but but you know, we would say that Betfair in reality on Australian racing has, you know, up to the five-minute mark has yep. very little liquidity. Yep. And what we're offering you is, I mean, if if we were to get support of, of 10 bookmakers, this would put Betfair to sleep in terms of liquidity. Uh, you know, why would you, you know, hey, if you bet with Betfair on Sydney racing, you pay 10% commission. Uh, you know, we're talking about a price that 
that's a real price with no commission. Um, you know, it, I, I think in time, you know, if Betfair, you know, in, in reality, Betfair should have to tell you what the product, what the price is if yours wins. If you take two dollars, it's not two dollars; it's a dollar ninety. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you know, it's a bit like you putting, you know, they stopped the the A Triple C stopped the petrol stations putting up, you know, the discounted price but it wasn't available to everybody. So I would have thought this nearly an A Triple C case myself. <laughs> Is it false advertising or is it not false? Do, do you actually, if you back the winner, do you actually get $2? Yeah. Yep. That's right. I mean, that's yeah. a, and I like Betfair. I mean, I think the, the fact that you can back and lay is a great thing, but the question you ask is the punter thinks he's getting $2, but in, you know, in reality, in the back of his mind, he probably knows he's got to pay the commission, but it's, it's not $2. And I guess Betfair is similar to um, the other corporates. They've got a big marketing spend. Um, so how do, how do we swing punters around and let them know that they can get a better price in better percentage markets with you guys? Well, I think it's a great question, and, I, and, I, and I'm a bit um, vexed with the whole thing. I mean, I've been doing a lot of social media kind of presence, and, but, yes, yeah, the interesting thing is how, how to educate the, the punter, um, the, the recreational punter, the average the average Joe punter, um, the, the, the price, yeah, exactly what David's saying, the price is a dollar ninety when, when really you should be getting even money. I'm, I'm surprised how many punters out there are not price sensitive. I did, we did a special on um, a runner a couple of weeks ago. It was like two or four rolls over what the available price was, and I didn't really – I was surprised how few new customers uh, – sound around alone it was. Um, I got I only got half a dozen new customers, and I thought, well, people would be knocking themselves over. So I, I don't know, David. You, what, how do you think we, we educate – the, the rank and file punter. Well, I think I think I think we you know again what you're doing. So, you know, we have to first of all let know people know we're there, and then obviously I think then word of mouth. Will, if you're offering a Grant Lynch bookmaking, which starts the day off as people a great service, and they go there and they don't get their bets rejected, and that they you know and they're able to get get themselves on, and they you know they'll soon work out that it's a better price than what they're seeing on all the tab and all the other corporates. Which you know I have no doubt about that. I mean. You know, if you if you if you look at the marketplace at the moment, you, you've got, you know, if we took a real cold hard look at it, you know, in all the races at Wagga today, there'll be the tab, Bet Easy, and and uh, the others all sitting at 125 to 130 percent till the five minute mark, and then they'll go down to 118 when they know what Betfair is going to do, and then Top Sport probably 120 all the way and come down to 115 in the last five minutes. Uh, you know, so it's a really relatively uncompetitive market on days like today, which is Wagga Cup Day. You know, Grant, I haven't been to Wagga for a long time, but let's assume that the, the virus wasn't here. If you're at Wagga, you'd be best odds to be 100% around the track. Yeah, would be if you shopped around. I mean, it's a big crowd. Um, what would there be? Probably two dozen bookies. I mean, fabulous. And yeah, if you're not, if you weren't, if you weren't able to secure, probably yeah, probably down to 100% if you if you're keen. Winning Edge Investments is an independent provider of tips, ratings, and betting education on horse racing and sports, recruiting only the best full-time professional punters and expert analysts. Does your tipping service offer transparent posting of results every day using an achievable odds recording method? Do they offer a 120-page betting education pack with every membership? 
And do they provide a profit guarantee, loyalty bonus credits, refer a friend bonuses, and special insider discounts to valued members? If not, head over to winningedgeinvestments.com for a different, better experience. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments. Is there a few learnings that, that you know on-course bookies can take out of the you know not being on the track for the, for this virus? Is there a few things that, which will change for the long term? I think it will mean in the short term that, that online is the only way to go. Um, I think you know I, I can only speak grant start today. I can only speak. I've been doing it for three months. Uh, on, you know, the punters, the punters that were around in the halcyon days when when Grant and Brad and myself went to the races. 25 years ago and you know and even 30 years ago when you went to Wentworth Park Dogs and there were 50 bookmakers there yeah. those the punters are still around it's just they're not betting they're not betting they, they don't want to go to the track anymore Brad right raises a, a really interesting question and it's the old saying is I think it's uh takes 28 days to, cre- to create or break a habit so it remains to be seen if if I mean I know but I know my personal habits here that I've been buying you know Things online that I wouldn't have in the past. I would have walked down to Birkenhead Shopping Centre and bought T-shirts and shoes. And and have my habits changed? Will they change back? Well, that remains to be seen. Will, will the people that are now betting with me on online and over the telephone that were face to face will they come back to the track? I suggest they probably will because it's a it's a an afternoon out and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But there will be some I think that will say, well, this is the, this is the medium that we're going to continue to work on. And the crowds on track is a whole different story, isn't it? I mean, the ability of racing to attract a different demographic of crowd, actual punters is probably another another challenge for you guys as well. Yes. Well, yes, I think I think your Saturday's crowd, Saturday crowds, and and big carnival days, Everest Day will will attract a crowd always. I mean, Newcastle Cup Day will attract a crowd. Campbell Feature Day will attract a crowd. Sydney bookmaker, the Everest is. We will write more tickets and more bets on Everest Day than any other day. And then the people that come out, you know, whether we like it or not, I suppose. And it's probably a cruel analysis. You know, we're a bit like the clowns at the sideshow alley at the Easter show. You know, kids want to don't go to. You know, there's lots of stuff at the Easter show, but most of the people that go to the Easter show want to go to be in. If you're under 15, you want to go to be part of sideshow alley. Well, for racing, the bookies are sideshow alley. And, you know, we need to be there and, you know, we're part of the show and, and people that come that are first time at the track want to have a bet with a bookie. They don't want to bet yeah. with a tote machine. They want to have a bet with a person and they want to get a ticket because it's a bit like, you know, black and white TVs to them. Um, you know, it's a similar sort of thing, but, you know, I think that, you know, that, that that's, that's how we're, you know, how that's our role probably as an on track thing is a little boutique operation, but, you know, on poor, you know, we have lots of bookmakers on in our co-op who are very talented bookmakers who want to take good risks, who have an opinion, uh, but just need customers. And I think that, you know, from my experience of three months online, they are online. You'll find them. They'll come to you if you've got a good product, if you're online. The people that come to the races now aren't, they're not necessarily punters as, as I think Brad alludes to, there's a lot of them that are race goers and they come for a certain experience and, and, that, and that's up to the clubs to a certain degree to provide um, the amenities, the food, the beverages at reasonable prices and then have an interaction with, with bookmakers that's, that is a pleasant experience. I mean, I know back when I was working 20 years ago on the rails, you know, you could treat the customer however the hell you liked 
and and they will just keep they will just keep backing up. Well, it's not like that anymore. You, you have to provide highest levels of service, and you know I still get I get again probably sounds a bit trite, but I get a massive buzz out of people coming up at the end of the day and, and saying to my staff, "Well, thanks for a great day. Thanks for the you know we we really enjoy and that's that that's what it's all about to me. But to the rank and file race, go on. On, on a regular Saturday. So a lot's changed in the wagering landscape, you know, over the last couple of years. And what, what are the biggest changes you guys have seen that has affected punters? Oh, well, I think, uh, I, well, I mean, the punters stopped coming to the track because they couldn't run their business. I mean, if the semi-pro or pro punter, zero of those come to the track because, they they couldn't get internet. They can't set them all their laptops up. You know, they, they need to run their business in a certain way. And when you're on course... Unfortunately, you're the last to know the scratching. You're the last. You don't hear the interview with the trainers if you're in the betting ring. Um, you don't. You don't hear nothing, and so therefore, for them, that information is crucial. So they want to sit in their office at home, and they and for them, uh, you know, they they don't they won't won't go to the track for that reason. Now, we need to if we want to play those pro, semi-pro, or people who think they're pro. Um, well, we need to offer them an, an online option. That's unfortunately the way it is. You know, is that if you are a great, if Grant Lynch or David Dwyer or Brad Thompson wanted to be a serious punter, then the last place you would personally want to be to, to get all the information you need would be at a, on a race course, being you know where people where you can't get the the proper internet, the internet drops out, you can't get access to the late scratchings and, and really, you know all that stuff that we take for granted on interstate races. You might hear the broadcast, you might not. When it gets to 6 o'clock, they switch the TVs off. When you've got your bet on the 6.10 race because the security are trying to push them off the racetrack. Uh, I mean, I know that's important and that's what the club's job is, but in the end, it's not about the punter. The, you know, it's about the drinker and the other part, which, you know, they, have, they bring income to the club. So I can't knock them for that, but I think that they've forgotten that, you know... The reason race courses exist is for 120 years is for people to come and have a bet, first of all. Yep. Do, you, do you think that'll swing around one day? Oh, I think so, yeah. I think that, you know, I think we're making steady progress in terms of, of that. I mean, obviously in the online landscape, well, we can escape all that part of it. I mean, the people you deal with online are punters. You know, they're not there to, you know, and, and I see the important role of the social aspect of Everest Day and bringing new punters to the track, giving them a taste of what racing is. But yeah. I also need people to be able to have a bet that, you know, comfortably in, in an environment where they feel they have all the information in front of them. Yeah, I think they did. I think both Newcastle Jockey Club and the Illawarra Turf Club did pretty damn good jobs of um, of the gong and the hunter. I mean, they had a lot of people there, to my eye, albeit, you know, I was pretty busy. I, it, did, it seemed to work. Every, every, they spread it out pretty nicely. Everyone seemed pretty comfortable. Um I thought that 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 to me sort of struck a bit of a, a chord that it can be done, and 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 I think what racing New South Wales have done well has 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 extended it rather than just be the autumn carnival and and then and the spring carnival and you know and saying well everyone can go to sleep through winter and summer and then we'll wake up again when it's autumn. But they're, they're doing these meetings throughout the year now and, and it's working, and so you've got a constant you've got a constant audience rather than. As I said, wake up when it's spring, wake up when it's autumn, kind of thing. I think they'd be commended for that, is what I'm saying. Yep. So, what's the biggest difference you guys have seen in terms of volumes, um, you know, provincial and metro, from ten years ten years earlier? In terms of volume, um, 
yeah, I would say my my volume has probably dropped thirty percent in, or between thirty and forty percent in the last ten years. So, um, I guess that's again winds back to the coming back to the online landscape and and um, yeah, I, I, it's just it's the crowds have dropped and the turnovers dropped. Would you say forty percent is a fair number, Dave, or more? Oh, I'd say of the total turnover, yeah, yeah, that'd be correct. I mean, I think that probably I think that the you know for the encore serious bookmaker that was you know that are used to dealing with the pro money, I think that the taking away of the prices from the bookmakers on track and allocating it to corporates to create the price, um, mainly due to its cost, I think, and technology we didn't have, which is probably our own fault, meant that all the top fluck. You know, people used to bet large volumes of money, top luck. They were happy with the product. The bookmaker was happy to take the product and, uh, you know, racing authorities in their wisdom and probably because we weren't on the internet, were in a situation where they decided that they'd go to calculating it off the big corporates as their source of that and then suddenly all that money stopped. And unfortunately, one of the things you find with any betting ring is that if you need somebody putting some money in to start the betting, um, I, you know, you know, and I think that that money, which used to come back from organised, every corporate used to bet back with track bookies, because they it was a sharp product and they couldn't keep it and they needed to manage their risk, so they had to put big money back into the ring to, you know, to, to now they just keep it all. They got control yeah. of the price, they keep the lot, and nothing goes anywhere. They don't bet back, and so the money just sits in there, sits with them. Now, good luck to them. If I'm bet easy, I'm, I'm over the moon. If I'm on the tab greatest thing ever but in terms of the betting on course betting environment that probably you know meant that you know you probably was holding you know 10 years ago a hundred thousand a day in top luck bets from corporate today you get zero and uh you know that meant that if i have 40 20 000 out of the favorite and i put a little bit back around the ring each of the bookmakers i might keep five thousand four other bookies get five thousand each and suddenly they're running their books up to horses take out ten thousand now, yep. they don't get the first bet, they don't bet. And that's sort of the reality. Now, who's won out of the situation? Well, all that happens is if you're a, you know, if you're not an 8% losing client with a corporate, you're not getting on. That product's not available to you. So that, that's all disappeared. And, uh, you know, in the end, racing should have, in hindsight, probably would look at it and say, well, what have we achieved? In the end, all we've done is drive turnover down. If the punter and the bookmaker were both happy with the product, why did you take it off them? I don't think, yeah, I just don't, I don't think they saw that coming, did they? No, I'm sure they didn't. I mean, and, you know, it decimated the New South Wales Metro and uh, Victorian and even Campbell Grant. I mean, Grant, you know, if the product, you know, Grant was able to handle business, now, you know, whether, whether, you know, the the number of bookies got too small, yes, well, well, I I take that on board. And I think the other thing was we weren't on the internet. And so to collect the prices was an expensive process. And then you've yep. got the small country meetings where there was only one or two bookies and they were uncompetitive. Well, you know, I agree with that. But now we look at the corporate bookies and on a, most days of the week, they're uncompetitive. Yeah, even even at uh, Kemmerer and Newcastle, some of the corporates were, used to phone bets through, through to me at, at top luck. And, and um, you know, as I say, it gets the ball, it gets the ball wrong. And then you, and, and the other the other runners um, are rolled out and, the, and, the, and it provides a more competitive marketplace. And the whole thing, Grant, was that that's all business that they can't get on anywhere else by you. And that's Correct. the reality. I mean, you know, they can't get on with top. They're not going to get on with a corporate. It's not going to happen. 
they're not going to bend them a product other than just take the price. And and you know I understand that their taxes are they need to make six or eight percent to break square, and they're not going to be taking on anyone that's a marginal customer. For you and me, we want some marginal bets to allow us to hold more bets. I mean, we're not you know our business is not totally customer profiling, which is unfortunately what the uh, bigger bookies have all gone to. Yep, exactly. And the current the current setup of the corporates cutting off winners and you know, the loss of that money, how detrimental would, would that be for the industry you know, in the long term? And will there be like a tipping point where they they realise that they've they've let this go on for too long? Oh, I think it's there now, really. I think it's I think it's coming home to roost now. That you know, I mean, the 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 punter, the, the zero to eight percent losing or, or a winning punter, um, you know, for 120 years. The track etiquette was the way it was done, which was when Grant Lynch or David Dwyer set up their stand on a Saturday, they knew in front of them there were, were probably, out of 100, there were probably five punters that won over a year and there were 95 that lost. Now, everyone bet to the rules that were on the table, which was you had to bet to the agreed limits, which were, let's say, at Newcastle of 2,000, at Sydney on a Saturday, 5,000. And if, whether you were a winning punter or a losing punter, you could, have, you could bet to that limit. And I think that, and then what happened was that the corporates, were through setting up in the Northern Territory, created the situation which got them out of being able to, first of all, bet anybody, and then kicking and screaming to bet minimum bets, and then now they're in a situation where they punter can get on to win two thousand, uh, which you know, it does. There's not a lot, really, a lot of money, but it's fine, um, you know, and so the price doesn't really mean much anymore. And we see that on, you know, people put up markets for Saturday and Wednesday and they don't have to bet anyone anything. So what's the price worth if you don't have to back it up? It's worthless. And, and, and that's been allowed to happen. And what the corporate, it's a great corporate model. You put them up and each one smart comes, you turn the price off and bet them nothing. And then you shape your market for free. That's right. Um, and I think that, you know, the reality of this, I go down to Star City Casino to play blackjack or whatever, the rules are on the table. It says Grant Lynch, Billy Bloggs, whoever you are, you can you can get on to win a certain amount on each betting option. It's black and white, uh, you know. And I think that's where racing lost its way. Is we if we we look at the history of racing, it's been that there always been winners and there always been losing punters. And and if you're a bookmaker, you take both. And unfortunately, the model we've got to now is that if you're a corporate bookmaker, you can basically make it so difficult that punters can't get on. And that makes your your role as um, bookmakers even more important to to draw that money back in, isn't it? Oh, I think so. I, I think for racing, you know, like if you're a if you're a big punter or a winning punter, there's nowhere for you to go unless you lose ten percent on turnover. There's no home for you, and that's why you know that's why the overseas exchange and the SPs are popular to those sort of clients. Uh, you know, um, because they've got nowhere else to go. Racing's got to create a home for every funder. We want every dollar in turnover because that helps fund the industry. You know, we don't want any leakage. And I think on-track bookies can play a role in that, you know, in dragging some of that back. If the portal gets up and running, which we hope it will in the next two months, then let's see. What have we got to lose? You know, if it pulls money out of Betfair or it pulls money out of overseas exchanges... And the bookmakers that the bets go to are all paying tax to Racing New South Wales or Racing Victoria or Racing Queensland. It's got to be a win-win. What's the downside? 
Let, well, let's hope there's a lot more business for you guys in the in the future. And well, I think it brings back the old top pluck money. Except it's good for both parties because now instead of top pluck, you're just taking a price. And I think bookmakers and punters are probably happy to say, well, we're happy to, you know, we we like well, that. That's a fair deal. The bookmaker puts up a price, the punter can take it. Um, now, whether you're the biggest winning punter or the biggest losing punter, no one really knows until you're just a punter having a bet. And I think that's where we need to get back to, you know. And Grant, I can't speak for Grant. I can speak for myself. You know, basically on my Sydney book, I'm trying to make a book. And I don't really care who backs which horse. I mean, I'll take the intelligence from it. Yes, obviously, if the smartest player in the world backs number four, I'm going to shorten the price, betting the minimum, betting the reasonable bet, and maybe turn the price of the others out. But in the end, I want to hold as much as I can for as little risk as I can and hopefully get, you know, 107, 108, 110% in my book. You know, if you get 110% book taken, then it's an enormous. It looks great. You can win big money or you can for not a lot of risk but you need the you need the liquidity to be in the situation and that's where the portal is so important in that it will bring some liquidity back to get things started yeah you're that's 100 percent correct and 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 and, and the, the more that's in the more that's in the the, the kitty from from betting those so that's everyone everyone then gets on i mean david and i um we share business sometimes at at Wyong, trying to you know give owners a decent bet, don't, don't we, David? Like on you know even if a horse is fifty to one, you know we, we don't like again the philosophy being you don't like to see any, anyone walking away from our stand shaking their head saying why would I, why did I bother coming to the track? So if if that portal brings other money into the into the into our books, then the, there's going to be a lot more activity on track, and, and owners, professional punters, will be able to get on for more money. I was going to say, Brad, you know, I, I think that the punters out there, there are now, we have at least 10 New South Wales bookmakers who are online. Uh, not all, you know, all on different, you know, some using different systems, but the bottom line is, you know, you, you punters out there, there are not only the, the tab and the bet easy and the other major corporates. There are, there are small bookmakers who are operating all around the state who I believe will offer you a great service. Give them a try. What do you got to lose? Open an account, give them a try, and I'm sure you'll find that their customer service and their bet size will be will be great for most punters out there, and you'll be getting a better return on your money. Fantastic, thanks, David. Thanks, Grant, and um, good luck with everything with the portal for the co-op. I think it'd be great for the industry and great for punters as well. Thanks a lot, Brad. Thanks, Brad. All right, thanks, guys. To existing customers, Dave Dwyer offers different specials each week, such as 110% markets and regularly bets best of the best prices, usually at all Saturday Metro meetings, plus all New South Wales Metro and Provincial races during the week. Dave allows punters to win between three dollars and $10,000 and doesn't bear members. Existing Dave Dwyer customers can contact Winning Edge Investments for a free trial to the Strikers service, currently operating with a 50% win strike rate. Existing customers only, excludes SA and WA, TNCs apply, gamble responsibly. At Winning Edge Investments, our team of highly skilled expert analysts and full-time professional punters review the data, crunch the figures, assess the best betting opportunities, and deliver them to your phone via our app and your email inbox in real time so you profit. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com. Look at our membership options. Make your choice and enter the promo code PODCAST to receive a special 25% discount on your first membership just for listening. 
That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T in capital letters for a 25% ongoing discount on your first membership. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments. 